What's going on, football fans? It's me, J.R. Clark, back again with another Pound for Pound ATL Live. Joined, as always, by my main man, Jonathan. Jonathan, what's going on, brother? Man, it's uh, it's been a good week so far. Uh, looking forward to the rest of the week, the the practices, the, the Shrine game in a couple days, and uh, no playoff football this weekend, though, unfortunately. But other than that, yeah, yeah, no playoff football, but we definitely got a like a ton of football. As y'all can tell, I'm not surrounded by my normal uh, rows and rows of hats. Um, I am in a different location. I am in Mobile, Alabama, um, taking in a Senior Bowl, which we'll definitely talk about, you know, here on the show tonight. Um, but yeah, decent drive down here. I had to like correct myself a handful of times by by not going about 90 miles an hour you get on them empty alabama streets and like the, the interstate man and before you know it you're doing you're doing 90 and it's it's crazy oh yeah um, i i have i have the same problem sometimes just with uh like if i if i get certain songs that just come mm-hmm. on the radio i'll just next thing i know I'll look down I'm doing 75 into 45 i'm like whoa whoa <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Calm down. <laughs> That's it. Well, without further ado, let's just get into it, John. Yeah. Yeah. All right, all right, man. We got all kind of things to talk about uh today on the show. I guess we could start off with uh, the first topic on the list is the playoff, man. This past week's uh, playoffs Ooh. were an interesting one, to say the least, right? You have yeah. what appears to be like ultimate domination by Philly against you know San Francisco. But when you look further into that game, like it wasn't necessarily utter domination, right? I know that sounds weird, but when, you know, San Francisco's down to their fourth string quarterback at one point in time because they're like somewhat phenom third string quarterback gets essentially an ACL for his elbow. We come to find out it was a UCL injury, Mm -hmm. which is basically having like your elbow, you know, like the ligaments in your elbow just blow up. So, uh, that happens early on in the first quarter. Like I'm talking within like three or four plays, uh, of San Francisco uh, yeah. being on offense. And so it happened pretty quick after, um, you know, a controversial opening touchdown by Philadelphia with, uh, Devonte Smith. No, is it Devonte Smith? Yeah, it was Devon- that. It was Devon- Devonta Smith. Uh, yeah. Devonte Smith was the guy that had the crazy catch that they should have overturned, but was right. Right. Whoever is supposed to give, you know, Kyle Shanahan a heads up that maybe you might want to challenge it. He probably got his like keister reamed because, you know, they definitely like, and, and you could tell Smith knew it because he gets up and he's given that signal, like, mm-hmm. let's go, let's go, let's run a play. You know, it's questionable. Like, if I'm on, you know, if I'm a spotter or whatever for San Francisco, and I see him jump up and start doing this, yeah, I'm telling my guy to throw throw that flag. 
you know? Yep. Now, granted. Uh, well, and, and, and it's, you know, if you see them doing something like a big play, that's a crazy catch. Uh, you don't even have to necessarily see a guy doing this. If, even if you don't see that, but you see everybody on the, on that offense rushing up, like, Hey, let's hurry up and get a playoff. Then obviously they're, they're, they're thinking like, you know, this may not, this may not have been a thing. Uh, right, right. You know, so. So for the, the fact that they missed that and it was just a snowball from there, you missed that your quarterback goes down and you're, you're working with your four string quarterback who then he goes down and you have to bring your third string quarterback who ain't got a throwing arm back mm-hmm. in. And so, yeah, it was just, it was a full on like beat down for uh, San Francisco, uh, you know, as far as, um, as far as that went. And so that wasn't, all that entertaining of a game. I mean, if you go look at Jalen Hurts' stat line, it looks like a uh, uh, Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter stat line. It's like 15 for 20 for 151, no touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Yep. So it'd be interesting to see how they're going to match up with KC, which is the next you know playoff game that we need to talk about. Now, that one... That one delivered. It was yeah, like a good game, in my opinion. Yep. Yep. And what, there, uh, you what know, were your thoughts? And, and there were, uh, like, the, I, I agree with you on the first game. Uh, I think that if Brock Purdy had been able to stay in that, or hell, even if Josh Johnson uh, had been able to stay in the game, I think they had a better shot because once, once Josh, uh, once Johnson was out, once Purdy was, uh, you know, and Purdy came back in, but literally couldn't throw the ball more than like a yard or two down the field. Uh, You know, but it was, so once that happened, they knew what they knew they could clamp down everything super short. uh, Didn't have to worry about getting beat over the top um, and stuff like that. But, you know, so if you'd have had either one of those guys stay healthy, especially Brock Purdy, I think there's much, that's a much closer game than the, than the score would, would indicate. Uh, because their defense was doing uh, well against that uh, against that Eagles offense, um, you know. But at some point, it was it, they they you know finally found a weak spot. Uh, yeah. By the time they could figure out a way to you know potentially adjust to that, the, the game was kind of already out of reach at that point for them because of injuries uh, and so forth. So I definitely agree that like the the scoreboard looks like. Uh, they just boat raced them all day long, and that really wasn't the case. Um, that that the Eagles are a good team; they are very, oh, very yeah. uh, not trying to take away from the win, but it it wasn't this super crazy, uh, uh, uh crazy beatdown. Uh, but the, yeah, then Kansas City and uh, Kansas City and um, uh, Cincinnati. That game, I was on the edge of my seat. Oh, yeah. uh, a lot of the, a lot of the, 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 you know, talk afterwards was about how bad the refs were, and they were, but not necessarily uh, for some of the things that they, that a lot of people were focusing on. Mm-hmm. Um, like we got people today, I saw earlier today that are uh, basically saying, uh, like, we really need to look into the. The roughing, you know, the unnecessary roughness penalty that like that shouldn't have been a penalty at the end. I'm like, 
That was textbook. Yeah, like, I mean, like that's, that was textbook. That's a textbook. Dude. You don't you don't touch a quarter any player, much less yeah. a quarterback going who's already out of bounds. Like yeah. he like there was no room for him to make any more progress. You know, you had you had successfully walled him off. Yep. And he went out of bounds. You didn't have to touch him. Yep. And and, and, he, and he touched him. It wasn't like he touched him like as his foot was coming down out of bounds, like no. that kind of situation. If they did call it, uh, and and that, I've seen that called, where literally his foot like touches the paint and almost immediately he gets hit. Uh, I've seen that called. I don't think that should be called, but it does get called. But I would understand people, can, you know, you know, crying about that. This right. was he had one foot in, down and the other foot had already come down and then the push happens. Doesn't matter if it's a little bit of a push. Doesn't matter if it's a lot of a push. You pushed him out of bounds. That's unnecessary roughness. But like, there's just nothing about all day that. long. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Fred Bus tipped us two dollars, which we appreciate. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> he says, "I he goes. He says, I think our defense is about to get stupid good." There's a chance, and we're gonna get into that yeah. topic. But I didn't want I didn't want the the super chat to get too far out uh, before we called on it. And same thing with Wound Carter; he tipped us two dollars. We appreciate that greatly. He says, uh, "Rise up, pound for pound, rise burr, up." Burr, burr, burr. That's exactly what we are attempting to do here. Sorry. Uh, one thing I want to uh, let's see. Willie says, uh, "Glad you made it safely, Jr. Thank you." Very much. Yep. Uh, if, Absolutely. If, Otherwise, you guys would just be looking at my face, and nobody wants to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> choked up. Um, <clears throat> but no, um, what I do want to say, and the reason why I, I put that up there is, like, if you do catch some, like me getting a little robotic or whatever, or my signal kind of getting the, the, I'm not on my stable, like, home internet, so. Uh, yeah. We're going to see how it goes so far. So good, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. Cause like now I say this for the folks who um, think that the NFL's rigged, the chiefs game didn't help that, you know, because no. of all the storylines that it sets up. Cause going into the chiefs game, obviously you knew the Eagles were going. So now you have, you know, Andy Reid against his old team. You have the, like one of the highest paid QBs, you know, against a uh, QB this like second round pick still on his rookie deal. Well, a lot of people and the, and are questioning. The, yeah. And, and the first time two black quarterbacks are playing in the Super Bowl against right. each other. You got like, you get, you get that storyline, you get the two Kelsey brothers storyline. So like yep. in that aspect, there's a lot of storylines in this, like in this game that doesn't, uh, like I said, that doesn't help the whole people who think that the, uh, uh, NFL's rigged. I'll say this at the end of the day, it's a moneymaker, right? I don't, yeah. I'm not saying that it's rigged, but if it ever came out that it was, it absolutely wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> but well, I think there's so, just way so, too many moving parts. So like, I, you know, I know some people may not like, like, uh, like him, but I, I watch the, the Pat McAfee show. Uh, yeah. I, I like it personally. Uh, and you know, they've got, you know, obviously Pat played in the league. Uh, they have guys on there all the time that played in the league. Uh, they got AJ Hawk played in the league. Uh, they get guys on all the time. And like some people are like, well, you know, you make millions off of the NFL. It's like, 
but they're also they they literally this year paid them like four and a half million dollars to be able to use their footage on their show. Uh, yeah, so it's not exactly. like they're they're getting like all this money from the NFL. They make money off of talking about the NFL. Of course. Uh, but th- but but their their whole thing is like nobody wants uh, nobody right now wants this narrative of the NFL's rig uh, like less than the NFL and the 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 gambling uh, the sports gambling uh, companies you know FanDuel those people. They don't want it either because the last thing they want is, yeah, that last thing they want is for somebody to think like, well, why am I going to bet when you already know what's going to happen? Like that's, you know, so at the end of the day, nobody wants it to be rigged. Uh, The NFL doesn't want it. If they were going to, if they were going to do it, first of all, they're only in (laughs) 20 states right now that allow sports gambling. Uh, And, and so, you know, but as, as this opens up more and more like that money that they're making off of sports gambling and just the general popularity of the NFL, you get all the way out to, you know, they're looking at like 40 something States in the next few years, that's going to have it. So why do, if you were going to do it, why do it now? Yeah. Like, I just, it, like, it, I literally just saw that clip from, uh, from McAfee saying like, if yep. you were going to rig anything. Why would you rig it now? Why wouldn't yeah. you like, you know, if you're going to claim somebody to be smart enough to like rig games like this, have that mm-hmm. many moving parts, be on the phone with, with like refs during the game and it not get leaked. Right. Yeah. No. <clears throat> and like, if you're going to go through all that, like why, why not wait until you can capitalize and get the most out of it? Right. Yeah. And, and the, and the thing is, is like the, one of the, the, the points, and I've heard this from other people, not just on this show, but like humans just as a rule, we are bad. I mean, really bad at keeping secrets. Right. Real exactly. bad. Yeah. Exactly. Like it is hard to keep a secret. And so if you had something like literally we're, we're, we're rigging every game. We don't even say every game. We'll say just the big games. Even if they were doing something like that, the amount of people that would have to be in on it, there is no way on God's green earth that every single one of them wouldn't tell somebody. Yeah. yeah, Or at least one person out there wouldn't say somebody. So, like, whenever somebody wants to talk about this, it's always the team that lost. And granted, that... we're going to get into day, it in a little bit, but right at the end of the day, what you're talking about there, like in the fourth quarter, Burrow had the ball twice. Mm-hmm. He had the ball twice in the fourth quarter and in an interception and a punt. Yep. Like you drive the field and score a touchdown, then ball game, baby. Yep. And at that point in time, you had the superior talent. You can't say that you didn't. Yep. You have Jamar Chase, you have T. Higgins, you have Tyler Boyd, you have Hayden Hurst, you have Joe Mixon. P. Ryan. P. Ryan. Like, you have those guys. Yeah. Like, stacked up talent-wise on the offensive side of the ball, you're outstripping Kansas City almost player for player. The one thing you didn't have, though, was a Chris Jones and a way to stop him. Yep. Because that dude was a man on a mission. An Game wrecker. Yeah, like, like he said, all right, home. He's like, he looked over at Pat and said, all right, dude, I get it. You hobbled. You got one leg. I understand, man. I'll handle it from here. 
I'll take this thing. You just don't make a mistake. Yep. Like you just don't throw the ball. Like you just don't give us a back breaking interception or nothing like that. And he said, I'll wreck the game on the other end. And buddy, yeah. that's what he did. Like yep, he did. He, he turned into a one man wrecking crew and that was fun to watch in that aspect. Yes, it was. And, and it's <laughs> just like, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting to see that defense. Cause that defense is not as good. Uh, uh, I don't think like on paper is not as good as San Francisco, but that what I, what I see with Kansas city is they don't always necessarily seem to match up well against teams, but in big games, that defense always comes through. Uh, and at least generally, down. generally keeps it close, you right. know, is not going to let it get out of hand so that Mahomes maybe with two weeks worth of rest, can you know be a little bit more mobile uh and can right. be a little bit more of the old Mahomes. Uh but man, it just like knowing the you know what he was, you know, knowing what he was going through with the, the pain in his right foot, not like, if it had just been his left foot, it was his plant leg, you know, and and right. to oh, yeah, be able was... to still throw the ball like that. Yep, it was crazy. All right, Willie Doc. Uh, is is in there with his uh, ballers and followers prediction. So let's go ahead and move into that. Uh, All right. Willie tipped us five dollars, which we appreciate. And now the segment has, uh, for the past three or four weeks, have been brought to you by Willie Doc and his five dollar tip. Yep. We appreciate that. Right. Uh, it says ballers, the grittiness of Mahomes and Hurst, uh, disproving naysayers, the followers uh, of Saya on his penalty the help of the San Francisco quarterbacks, and thanks for the great content. Thank you for the tip, Willie. All right, let's see who do we have for – hold on, let me get this banner out of the way. All right, let's see who we do have for our baller. Dun, 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 baller. Bam, you had it partially right. You had Patrick Mahomes and his uh, hobbled leg playing yep. on uh, one bag leg. Definitely, definitely our baller this week because oh yeah uh like you could tell that dude was hobbled and he was still throwing dots and yep. you know he was still making plays when it had to happen and on that play where he ran out of bounds it's like i think he got up to like 18 miles an hour on that bad yep. leg which yep. is crazy it was the fastest he um, ran all day long he he was like i need this our team needs this <laughs> uh i'm gonna i'm gonna you know, it's the very end of the game or hopefully the very end of the game. So he just went all out, tried to give everything he could. And, you know, uh, unfortunately, Oside couldn't hold up and the rest is history. That's it. That's it. So, uh, uh, all right. So, the, yeah, definitely our baller was Patrick Mahomes. Our faller is down, down, down. The refs, because, man, like, come on. That was yeah. bad. Granted, now I'll say this: they did get the one call actually right, with the offensive lineman like not actually holding the defensive yep. lineman. But and it was like something me and you had talked about. It was like a rule I didn't even know. It's like one of those obscure rules because the defensive lineman used a rip move. It wasn't a hold. Yep, and so. That was actually the correct call on that one. Yep. Well, but, I, yeah, I, I saw that on Twitter. Mike Tice show, uh, talked about it. Jeff Schwartz talked about it. Some other dude actually pulled up the rule book. Yeah. I the spot where where it said this. 
Uh, and essentially when you see a guy, cause I, I was the same way. Like I look at a, a play and you see that time when an offensive tackle usually, but sometimes guards or whatever, they get a guy and they have them and they have their arm around their neck. And I've seen that called, but I've also right. seen it not called. And I'm like, what's the difference? Why call it that time, but not call it that time. And uh turns out that if, like you said, if he uses a rip, then when they, they, they are allowed to then have their arm up there as long as the defensive player is not past your offensive player. Right. Uh, your if he, offensive if the lineman. offensive lineman can keep him at his shoulder and yep. can keep him parallel, then it's not holding, which is insane. Not insane. It's just I never realized that. Yep. And uh, Jonathan, uh, Willie – Doc would like a, a demonstration of that uh, rip move again, if you could. Uh, there it is. There it is. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, like that was something that I thought was, and, and the one, like, if, if you folks who do get on Twitter, y'all should follow uh, Nate Tice. Uh, he does a real good job of like breaking down plays and stuff like that. And he was the one that actually put up the NFL rule book and highlighted where it wasn't a hold. But, like, I will say this. You can't leave it in the ref's hands, like, ever, you know, as far as the game goes. But they, yeah, they they weren't good. You know what I'm saying? Like, we should never be talking about the refs like this. And I think, in my opinion, refs, if players have to stand there right moments after the game and answer questions about a play in a game, a ref should have to do the same thing. A ref should have to stand there and take questions like the head ref should have to take questions from the media and explain a blown call or what have you, or a missed call because, or we need to know what kind of like accountability or grading system, because if we could have all that, then we could quit blaming the refs. If we knew like how these guys get graded, you know, how they get disciplined or what have you, all we get right now is the, weak apology letter <laughs> well no so so there was uh so they, they they do this i don't know if this is if this happens every game i'm assuming it does we just don't really hear about it all that much but uh there is generally a pool reporter that will go and talk to the refs and be like so what did you see on this play now the answers they generally give are basically like this is what the rule is you know this is what we saw and that's why we called it Right. Uh, you know, a lot of times it doesn't necessarily say like, you know, the rule book says this. So when we looked at it, we saw that and this, they don't go into like huge depth about it, but there is a, a pool report after the fact. And they did that for this particular game. And like the, the intentional grounding, <clears throat> which, uh, you know, I can see somewhat, but like the guy was like almost 10 yards away from the ball. Uh, he wasn't, he didn't throw it even in his direction. It, it was like, he should have thrown it this way if he was throwing it at the there, but he threw it like here. And then uh, it was not, didn't get past the line of scrimmage, which may or may not necessarily be a big thing. Uh, but, but essentially uh, the, that's what they said. They said like, look, there was nobody within the area, like right. within, you know, he was like seven or eight yards away, I think. Uh, and, you know, he threw it down. He like purposely threw it down to avoid a sack. Uh, and it didn't make it to the line of scrimmage. Right. That, that's what they said. Uh, and I, you know, I can see that. Absolutely. 
Well, there it is, folks. There is your ball, like your second to last baller and faller uh, for the 2023 season. Uh, we got just one more with the uh, Super Bowl incoming. Uh, but, yep, that is your baller and faller, Patrick Mahomes, oh, as the. My bad. That, look at you undoing what I did. Anyway, yeah. uh, you got Patrick Mahomes as your baller and the ref as the faller. So, go ahead and move into our next topic, which is. Our new DC. I put out a video on Friday uh, talking about our our new DC, and uh, so. But this is the first time we've gotten to do it live, right? This is the first yeah. time we've gotten to talk about it live, and uh, so the new DC has landed in Sin City, out there with Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot and the rest of the uh, uh, coaching staff that is out there. Uh, so he's taking in the Shrine Bowl players and. Uh, Today it got announced finally that we did actually hear, uh, hire Jerry Gray as our defensive backs coach and well, assistant head coach. Te- technically, he is. I'm sure he'll work with the DBs, but technically, yeah, well, as assistant head coach uh, DC or something like that. Is it? Yeah, that's that's what uh, I that's what I thought I saw. Can you pull up the? Uh, the announcement because I know assistant head coach was I'm just I, I was at the Shrine Bowl or not the Shrine Bowl I was at the Senior Bowl practice when that news broke so I hadn't really gotten to like dig into it other than to be like okay cool we did finally hire him which is great news pairing a very experienced uh, Jerry Gray with uh, a not so experienced DC in uh, Ryan Nielsen. So I, I was glad to see that pairing, but I knew that they had attached an assistant head coach uh, label to him. So did you get it pulled up? Yeah, give me one second. I am... got to be faster than that, bro. I know. I'm trying. <laughs> okay. Assistant, so assistant head coach slash defense. defense. What does that even slash defense? What does that even mean? Uh, it's, it's what my guess is, my guess is, and I think I saw this actually somewhere on Twitter. So, and I agree with this. The reason why they gave, gave him this, uh, title is uh-huh. it makes it tougher to, it makes it easier for them to block, uh, oh, you know, him going somewhere okay. Else. Okay. That makes sense. So you give him the assistant head coach slash defense title, and it's not a, upgrade for him to be a dc somewhere i think so. i think that's the case yeah. okay so that does allow okay that makes sense that allows him to to block a quote-unquote lateral or not lateral but you know block a move uh so okay all right i like it i mean i like the hire i'm glad that we hired him uh you know jerry gray is a is a very well-respected coach and uh so i am uh I'm very glad that he's on staff, especially with uh, Mm -hmm. Nielsen not ever calling plays at an NFL level. I did find out while I was in a space chat that it apparently Nielsen was like, because he was co-DC in this past year in uh, New Orleans. Mm -hmm. But even before then, he was responsible for coming up with pressure packages and coming up with the stunts and the blitzes and stuff like that that they were going to employ. So he did do some, like, game planning. It wasn't just 
I'm the D-line coach. Yeah. It wasn't just trying to get the guys ready. He did do uh, game planning, which makes me feel a little bit better about him, you know, taking a step to uh, the D.C. Uh, level. Uh, no, you're fine. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like, I, j- I just look at it this way. Like, if you go back, and I can't – I'm not going to rattle it off, off off the top of my head, but I know that I have – either listen to or I uh, read somewhere like the, the list of like places he's been, the guys he's coached the results. He's got this guy. Like my understanding is that like 2019, maybe 20, no 2020, the 2020 season Ed Ogeron wanted him as their DC. Right. Um, and Sean Payton wouldn't let him go because he was thinking like, Maybe if we lose Dennis Allen, this guy would right. be the next in line. Um, and so, yeah, like, like he is he is well thought of in NFL circles as an up and coming defensive coordinator, you know, up and coming coach for especially for defensive coordinator. So, right, you know, I'm not uh, like you know, I don't know every little tidbit about this guy. I know that. Uh, you know, the day that this happened, uh, you went on to, if you went on to like the saints Reddit, uh, you know, their subreddit, they were like, well, crap. <laughs> right. Yeah. They were, they were very unhappy that, you know, he took the job and even, you know, Cam Jordan tweeting out that, you know, he was happy ish for him. You know, the fact that Cam Jordan even like thought to mention it, you know, uh, you know, says a lot. So yeah, that's, uh, I'm I'm really interested to see what the structure of the defense is going to look like. Like, are they just going to try to recreate what they had in New Orleans? Like with the, you know, like coverage wise, like split safeties, uh, a lot of uh, like cover three, a lot of single, like single high safety, uh, a lot of man coverages. So like, and then somebody said earlier, I think it was uh, our buddy Chris, yeah, I'm going to put this. This is not what he said, but I'm putting this up anyway. He says, going after uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson and drafting Christian Gonzalez sounds real nice. Yeah, because he made a comment like, are we ready for an influx of Saints players? And that's possible. Um, like when Frank Bush came here and Ted Monachino and all those guys, they tried to bring in a few of their guys. Uh, but we haven't really had a huge influx of like past players from yeah. like in this particular time around. So it'd be interesting if they just have an archetype that they try to build. Do they try to find a camp Jordan? Do they find, try to find an, an, uh, Anamata, Anumata, uh, type player? Do they try to find a, a Demario Davis? Like, so it'll be interesting to see like who we bring in, uh, you know, free agent wise, but yeah. I'm glad to have this settled. And I just saw also saw today that uh, Al Holcomb will not be retained by the Panthers uh, under yeah. Frank Reich. So I think he's a D-line coach. So I'd be interested, or a linebackers coach rather. So I'd be interested because we don't have, we, we let go of Ted Monticino. So I'd be interested if they bring in uh, you know, because they interviewed Holcomb, you know, if they try to bring him on staff as well. Uh, 
but but Speaking yeah, like uh, well, you know, I was just gonna say like uh, yeah. CJ CJ Gardner Johnson. Uh, if we were to go after and bring him in here, uh, at the very least, he's been in Philly for a year, so he can get some of that uh, you know stanky town stank off of. Uh, yeah, get get it off of him a little bit because he's been filtered through Philadelphia. So oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, but speaking of coaches, we had two more dominoes fall in the coaching carousel. You had Sean Payton go to the Denver Broncos for a first and a uh, second. First second. second. I think it was a or second. That was what I was reading earlier. I haven't seen if that was confirmed or not. But but the interesting tidbit is like they were up to the last minute. We're trying to hire D'Amico Ryans. They were trying to hire Jim Harbaugh, and they end up giving up draft picks to get Sean Payton. So. If Sean Payton wasn't your first choice, so you give up draft picks to secure your third choice? That doesn't seem like a good business model if you're Denver. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it is what it is, man. It, look, I'll say this: uh, if Sean Payton can get Russell Wilson back to. Uh, yeah, so, so it was the first. So first yeah. this year and a, and a, and a second, second next year. year. Yeah. Um. So, but but you know, if Peyton can get Russell Wilson back on track somewhat, uh, there's enough talent, uh, especially at wide receiver, stuff like that. They can get some weapons. Oh yeah, uh, I mean I they got. Like, and they their got defense Devontae is still really good. Well, see, I think the defense is why they were trying to go after D'Amico Ryan's. Like they felt like maybe they felt like the defense was the strong suit and like he could keep that thing going. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see who Peyton nabs because there was a rumor that if Peyton did get a gig, one of the guys that he might try to bring over was Ryan Nielsen. So, uh, well, him or in fan, I think I know he was tied to Fangio for a while, yeah, too. but Fangio ain't going back to Denver. Well, he's already you know. in Miami now, so. Well, that's not or, fully confirmed. Oh uh, well, okay. So yeah, I did see the uh, I, I he I I just saw it today where it's like it's kind of right. The, the ink hasn't been put to paper just yet. Right. If I had to call it right now, I say Fangio ends up back in uh, San Francisco with the 49ers. If if I had to call it right now, uh, maybe that's just my guess. But uh, following up on that, obviously. Fangio would end up in the 49ers only because D'Amico Ryan gets hired as the new head coach of the uh, Houston Texans. Good for him, Which is a great, great hire for him. That's where he played, uh, I think, his entire career or the vast majority of his his career. Most of his career, Uh, at the very least. Not 100% sure on that, but that's where he, you know, garnered like the vast majority of his career uh, was with the Texans. So now he takes the past two years of – experience of coaching the best defense uh in the league and takes it to the Houston Texans. Now he's got an uphill battle and I really, really hope that McNair is willing and ready to actually let him build. Because yeah. two years in a row firing a coach one and done, like other than yeah, the fully can't. guaranteed contract, I'd be hard pressed to take that job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, now, like, granted, 
Hey, you know, if I go out there, do the best I can uh, in the first year and things don't quite work out and you fire me and you're, but, and I'm still owed $45 million or whatever it is. And I could go and rest in Cancun for the next three years and still get paid. I mean, that's not a horrible situation. It's not a horrible deal, but man. And I'll also say this, like if, if he fires a third coach, one and done, like I mean, you're, gonna, you're the Cleveland Browns at that point. Oh my God! Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. So, uh, but I think that pretty much covers the 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 coaching search stuff. I I I just I want to wrap this up by saying that I am excited uh, by the new DC. Uh, granted, I was excited about Dean Pease, and that didn't quite work out. But that's a different situation. Dean Pease was working with a, bear, a really bare cupboard at the time. Whereas I think Nielsen's going to be able to uh, add, you know, do some of the grocery shopping to, to put things right. back in the cupboard. Um, so he's going to have a little bit more of an opportunity, I think, to not only be a good coach and run good schemes, but also have, add talent to those schemes to make those schemes actually successful. Uh, right. So I'm excited about Nielsen. We'll see how it goes, but I, you know, I am excited about that. Yeah, I am too. Cause Blizz says road to 60 sacks starts now. I, I, mean, don't, I, I, I don't like if that happens, I don't even know if I would survive. I would literally probably be like, all right, you can take me. God, uh, Done. I've, I, we have a defense. That's all I want to see, man. Right. You know, Fred adds up. I think the Falcons go pass rush with their eighth pick. It's going to be interesting to see Yeah, because I want to hit on some of these comments before we move off this topic. Chris says, uh, Catavia street, uh, passing on, um, Anya Mata and Ellis are four names to watch in free agency. Those all, yep. you know, played with the Saints. It would not surprise me one bit if if they don't retain Rashad Evans and Ellis and Anya Mata make a ton of sense. Uh, yep. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, I don't think we touched on Frank Wright getting hired in uh, Carolina. No, so, kind of ha- that was kind of an in-between thing. Yeah, that was in between. So that that's that's an interesting hire. I think Frank mm-hmm. Reich's a good coach, uh, but he's got a long way to go as far as like the offensive side of the ball, which is what he specializes in. Uh, so kind of like D'Amico Ryan's, uh, Frank Reich was the Panthers' inaugural quarterback uh, when that when that uh, franchise expanded. So he has some history there. So it's an interesting. Uh, Interesting pairing. Uh, Pantera says Sean Payton was Denver's first choice, but draft picks forced Denver to go second and third choice. Second and third choice turned him down. So went with Payton. Okay. See, I, if, that's, if that's the case, like they were linked to Payton early. I could see where he where he gets that. Uh, they were linked to, uh, to Payton early on, and maybe the compensation wasn't what they wanted to give up. Yeah. And then after nobody else snapped up uh, Peyton, the Saints may have lowered the compensation to a first this year and a second next year. Like they definitely weren't going to do the deal without getting a first this year because they didn't have a first. They traded it away. So what is Denver's first this year, by the way? What are they? I think it was in the 20s, I think. I I I know they gave up a lot to get Russ. Right, and I think the pick that they got was uh, from Miami, I think. 
could be wrong on that. But anyway, I'd have to check into that. All right, let's move into the Shrine Bowl standouts. Dun, 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 dun. As our new DC is chilling out there in uh, Sin City, chopping it up with Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot and everybody else, he has had a chance uh, to, okay, it's the, Wavy is saying it's the 30th overall and it's from San Francisco. Thank you. Oh, okay. Appreciate that, Wavy. But uh, so he's had a chance to check out some of the guys at the Shrine Bowl. Now, obviously, I can't go out to Vegas. That's a little too far for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a really expensive plane ride to Vegas or a five-hour drive to Mobile. Mobile, here I am. Uh, there you go. So, uh, he's out there in Vegas. So I've been, I did get virtual access. That's what I was trying to go with. I did get virtual access to the practice film. Uh, so I'm able to, uh, in my leisure, sit down and watch, uh, some of the practices. And, uh, I'll tell you this, you can definitely see the Falcons, uh, offense, like all over the, the blueprint of the offenses all over their practices. Like the formations they're lining up in, Arthur ain't trying to hide nothing. It's like, hey, can you run my crap? You know, uh, <laughs> so, that's, so that's interesting to see. Um, but some of the standouts have been uh, Dante Stills from uh, West Virginia. He is a defensive tackle that they have lined up at tackle and end, uh, oh. and he has been almost unblockable. Like not yeah. not completely unblockable, but he has had a lot of really good plays. Uh, another standout is like head and shoulders above everybody else is At Perry, a guy yeah, we touched on. on in not our, film, film, but I saw some I saw some clips of him and he looked good. Yeah, and like uh, he's a guy that we touched on in our uh, All Star game, like our kind of preview show uh, that we did, not this past Friday, but the Friday before. Uh, and A.T. Perry has looked really good. So, uh, and and he is on the Falcons coaching side of of the uh, practices. Nice. So they're getting an up close uh, and <coughs> good look at A.T. Perry. My only concern is he still doesn't look like he wants to be physical, like especially in the run game, yeah. uh, which may like turn Arthur away in a sense. But as far as like, like being able to run routes and separate and six foot four with a very long wingspan, like the catching, catching aspect, definitely what you want. So uh, like for somebody like that, if I'm Arthur Smith, it all depends. Like for one, uh, you know, does he, you know, from day to day, does he look like he's at least trying and, and what have you, and if he, if at least he looks like he's trying now, whether or not he's succeeding or not, not necessarily does that matter, right? For me, it's all about is he trying to do it, and just maybe he just needs to put on a little bit more muscle uh, or what have you. If he's trying to do it, and he in in interviews and everything else, like he shows a willingness to do it, then I can see Arthur Smith taking it. But if but if he's just like. I, I'm a receiver. I go out and catch balls. That's what I do. Right, right. If he's just mailing it in kind of deal, yeah. that might. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, where he ends up going. I really like receiving-wise, I really like what I'm seeing from A.T. Perry out there in uh, Vegas. 
Uh, the other standout was, I don't remember his name, uh, number 99, I think it is, a big D, D tackle out of Texas. Uh, you know, if you're wanting a space-eating D tackle, he is definitely showing to be that, mm-hmm. uh, which, depending on, like, where we go defensively, we may not be looking for that anymore. Because as Chris points out here, getting pressure with four will be a sight to behold. So I really don't care if it's four or five, six, as long as we actually get the pressure. But yes, right. I would love to be able to get pressure with four. And then when we can do that consistently, then bring five and get even better pressure. Right. So like this guy seems to be more of a space eater, you know? Uh, yeah. so, but, but if you're wanting a like pass rushing DT, then Dante Seals out of, uh, West Virginia definitely should be a guy on your radar. And our guy, uh, Jose Ramirez has looked pretty good. Really? Uh, he's, he's won not as many reps as he's lost, which okay, it's a step up competition competition for him, you know, coming from Eastern Michigan. So yep. that's kind of what you want to see. I haven't gotten to see the last two days of practice. So sure. I want to see if he's made progress. Cause those kind of guys who are stepping up in competition, you want to see like, are they making progress day to day? You know? Right. Well, because then, so, then it kind of, it kind of mirrors your uh, like a game day experience where, uh, you know, you may come into the game with a certain strategy with a certain, like, this is how I'm going to play it initially. And then you try different moves and you try this and that and the other, but you're also ch- checking to see like, what's the other guy going to do against it? What's he, you know, how's he going to try to counter it? And then how do I counter off of that? Uh, how can I set him up? How can I do these different things? And, you know, uh, so if, if you see him day after day, get a little bit, you know, do a little bit better here and there, then at least that, that gives you that same impression of like, I'm running, uh, I'm seeing what this guy's doing and I'm adjusting and adapting to what they're doing. Uh, to me. Oh yeah. Exactly. Uh, and so, but I, I also saw some clips of uh, uh, some like offensive tackles uh, and a guy, they, they moved into uh, mock mouch much. You talk uh, about uh, the senior bowl, Cody mall. Oh, is, is that senior bowl? Yeah. yeah. Which we could go okay. ahead and jump into that. Uh, we could jump into the senior bowl practices, which was, the first practice happened today. Uh, your boy was live. I don't know if you could tell, but your boy got sunburned. Okay. <laughs> uh, I know it's 60 degrees and cloudy and rainy in Georgia. Uh, my guy, it was hot and it was sunny and I was not prepared for it. Uh, no, you were not. <laughs> yeah, it's almost not. as red as my rosy cheeks here. Yeah, man, look at this. It's like, man, come on. I look like, whoo. Anyway, Oof. uh, but we can start with Cody Mao because Cody Mao is a guy like I'm, some of y'all might have been on Twitter noticing who this guy was. He was the offensive tackle for North Dakota State University. Uh, you know, he's the one that a lot of people put like starting picture and then ending picture. And it, it almost looked like a completely different guy. He's missing front teeth, real long yep. hair. Almost looked like a, like a hockey enforcer. Uh, <laughs> And so that was good fun on Twitter, but today we we got to see him, right? And in uh, North Dakota State, he was a left tackle, I believe. Yeah, left tackle. Yep. But here at the Senior Bowl, at least his first practice, they had him lined up at guard, which is what he projects to 
more of in the NFL uh, is a guard. He's not as big. And even in this practice, he got better as the practice went on, which nice. was encouraging to see. Uh, yeah. Me me and a couple of guys uh, snuck over to the uh, scout side of the senior bowl practice, and we got to sit like in the end zone. Like when you see the one-on-one, mm-hmm. like between the D-line and the O-line from those practices, we got to sit right there. And little side note, we were two rows in front of two Falcon scouts. Mm. So that was cool. Uh, but fancy like Cody Mal had – what's that? They're being fancy over here. That's right. That's right. Being fancy. Uh, Cody Mal had a, like I said, a couple like rough reps. But part of me wonders if that has to do with like position shift. Yeah. Like because it's a little bit different working inside the phone booth. Uh, but as the day went on, he got better. Uh, my big standout, uh, offensive line wise, uh, he did not disappoint today was Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only saw him get beat one time. Uh, any, any other time, like he straight up, he was quick off the line. Uh, he looked like, uh, an SEC offensive lineman. Um, uh, nice. Same deal with uh, a couple of the Georgia. Uh, McClendon uh, was there. I think it was McClendon. What about, was McClendon. it was it Brod- Broderick Jones? Was he there? I didn't see Broderick Jones. I don't. Th- I'm not sure. Like if, if some of these guys who were like he may not have been a senior because I, I think you have to be uh, a senior to be invited to the Senior Bowl. Gotcha. So he might not have been a senior. If there's any Georgia fans who can correct me on that in the chat, let me know. Um, but some of the other guys who were, were standing out, um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, Rasheed Rice, another guy we talked about in our yep. uh, our warm-up to Preview. the Shrine Bowl and Senior Bowl. Uh, he looked really good. Like the, the quarterbacks don't look good. So it's really hard to tell if you think the receivers are going to look good. But he was – burning people off the line and uh, and getting open. So uh, those were wins in my book. Absolutely. Um, uh, now, he, he was the guy that I thought, uh, like, well, we looked at both those guys. We, the, those are the two wide receivers. Yeah, A.T. Perry and at. Rasheed Rice. Yeah, so Rasheed Rice of the two. I like A.T. Perry's, like, physicality, like his, like, physical you know yeah yeah like yeah that. long arms tall yeah. wide wingspan but perry uh, uh rasheed perry came off as somebody that could definitely be much more of a compliment to a guy like a uh a drake london maybe a guy who's right. a little bit more shifty uh yep. yeah and so forth and so like that kind of uh receiver i like i would really like to have uh the guy you could put into the slot and he can do the little five yard button hook, the the choice routes or whatever, uh, the little shallow crosses, the those little those you know, the speed outs, all that stuff that like you can that basically Tom Brady made a career out of. Like he exactly. he had either whether it was Amendola or it was uh, what's his face, uh, uh, Wes Welker, Wes you Welker, had Amendola, and you had uh, uh, Julian Edelman. 
Edelman. Yep. yep. All three of those guys were basically these, you know, I don't care if they're white, black, doesn't matter to me. But at the end of the day, he had a guy that could, that was literally just like, he was super quick. So yep. whenever he would just go out and like shake a guy because it was hard to stay with them. Uh, and you know, that was just like, we need five yards right now. Go out and, and, and Rasheed Rice, like he has, I think he had a high, like contested catch rate, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that Arthur looks for. Uh, that yep. was one of the major things about uh, Drake London was, you know, his ability to win the, you know, contested ball. And Rasheed Rice, his his physicality, like, lends itself majorly to, uh, you know, catching those, uh, you know, contested balls. Uh, he doesn't mind getting up in a, you know, corner's grill in the run game. Or, like I said, you know, like, yeah, you – you play press coverage on Rasheed Rice at your own risk. Like he invites that contact, and like you know he wa- he wants to get in there and get dirty with you, and that's something that I can respect. And I and yep. he stood out today quite a bit. I uh, had a slight scare with Kenny McIntosh. He went down the running back out of Georgia, uh, but Tom Pelissero uh, tweeted out that it seemed to be just cramps, which is great. Okay, uh, yeah. You know, if it was as hot I mean, as you were talking about, I could see right. I could see that being an issue with some guys. Right. I made a bad joke. I was like, oh, hey, maybe we could get him in the sixth. And everybody around me groaned. And I was like, yes. you're right. You you should definitely groan for that bad joke. Yep. It was a bad. That is, uh, that is a bad taste, sir. Yeah. You well, sold the time. name you know, of pound for pound. Yeah, right. You know, sometimes you swing and sometimes you miss. You know what I'm saying? It, it happens. Uh, but uh, the kid out of Wisconsin, the D-tackle, uh, Keon, Keanu, yeah, Keanu Benton. Uh, he was very yeah. impressive. Uh, he had a really good day. Uh, hopefully, he'll uh, continue. Uh, Will McDonald had a pretty good day. Uh, won a couple reps. One of them against. He was the only one to beat Darnell uh, Wright. So that was uh, encouraging to see there from a smaller guy. Andre Carter, on the other hand, the pass rusher out of Army, he did not look good today. Uh, yeah, I saw him. Rough. I saw him get. Yeah, I saw him get like pancaked twice. Yeah, at least. Yeah, he got uh, like every time he was out there, he got worked. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I want to. I'll be interested because he's another guy who's taking a step up in competition. Yeah, like he's from Army. Like he didn't. He didn't go up against the Darnell Washingtons or the uh, Will McClendon's, like the SEC tackles. Like he didn't go up against those guys. He won with straight speed from a wide, a wide nine stance, you know, when he was in army. So can he actually beat a tackle? Uh, you know, that's something. Well, that- I, I'll say, I'll say this, uh, a guy that's, that's that kind of smaller speed, like the, the, the real big speed guys. Um, I don't know if we're going to have that. Because I, the, my understanding is Ryan Nielsen likes the more prototypical defensive end, the two sixty five, two seventy five, two eighty. You know the that size guy, which makes me believe that I, you know, I there's some people that are saying first round. I don't see that happening unless something super crazy happens. But this, uh, the Georgia Tech guy, Keon, is a Keon, Keon White. White. Now, yeah, Keon White had a real good day today. Yeah. Uh, like, 
he he was rushing from inside. He was they had him lined up outside. So he was another guy who I'm really keeping my eye on because he's a freak athlete as well. Um, you talk about he's like 290. six. He's like yeah, he's like six six two six three two eighty two ninety. Yeah, he's a big dude, and like there's clips of him running stride for stride with running backs out of the backfield. So like he's a guy that I'm definitely keeping my eye on uh, as the Senior Bowl. Uh, continues to go on now i will have uh like kind of like a wrap-up video probably out on friday uh either friday or saturday about the about the practices and stuff like that so there was there was a lot of encouraging stuff and i just want to see some of these guys like build on that all that stuff as the week progresses all right well you've now hit the time of the show where we definitely want y'all to ask your questions uh, we're trying to like do a little bit of a different format, uh, so don't think that we're ignoring chat. So I'm going to start with Tony Wright. He said, what about signing a free agent quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, as the backup to Desmond Ritter? He has proven uh, proven QB, can win games when needed, and he's a team player. He's exactly the kind of guy that I would love to bring in, especially if you're going to go with Brissett, uh, if you're going to lock in with Ritter. Yep, Brissett's a great guy to come in. Now, news broke today that uh, it looks it's looking more than likely that Lamar Jackson is going to get tagged with the exclusive franchise yep. tag. So Which means you got to trade for him. Yeah, for the most part, that kind of puts a kibosh on what you have to give up because I think it's three first rounders or something like that on an exclusive uh, free agent. Uh, exclusive. Well, I, well, don't know. I the my understanding is the exclusive tag. It's the the non-exclusive tag where somebody else can try to sign him right. until he signs right. the tag. Right. Right. The uh, they could try to sign him if they sign him in that situation, and then then um, Baltimore would have the opportunity to match. Right. Uh, if they don't do that, then the team signs him. But then they have to give up, I think, two first-round picks. That's the non-exclusive. The exclusive means that nobody can mess with him. Nobody can touch him. You You can't negotiate. You can't do nothing. You can't do anything. The only way that we can get him now is either at some point they just take the tag. They basically just release him. Uh, Or uh, he ends up – we could negotiate with the team – in a trade and it'd be like a sign and trade situation. Right. Right. So that would be, that would be how we would, but, but now that's the more, as, as crazy as it sounds, that's going to be the more expensive option for other teams. Cause now Baltimore can set the terms. They can say, I want this year's first, first, next year's first, this year's second, next year's second, and a first from 2025. And if nobody goes for it, then nobody, then, you know, it kind of yeah. it kind of leaves Lamar himself kind of floating out there with no he doesn't have nearly as much leverage in not, this. Not only exclusive rights, he doesn't. Right, right. Uh okay. John Higgins says, Hey Power Power, what's happening? Haven't seen y'all in a while. What's good? Glad to see you. Glad to see you here, man. Good to see what's you, good John. Is we just we just talking about this team, talking about yep. what we gotta do to do what uh Javon Jarvis Murray says. Do we got to start speaking Super Bowl, not rebuilding every season? I agree, but you got to build a team to eventually get yeah. to the Super Bowl. So yeah, right I now, mean, we're in you're, you're we're not, in team yeah, building. 
Yeah, you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna go from what this team is this year. I mean, look, could we uh could everything just work perfectly like for <clears throat> excuse me, like for uh Philadelphia? Right. Like everything they wanted to do, they did, and it and it all worked out like injury wise. Uh they were able to do the things the guys produced, all the stuff they wanted to do, everything worked perfectly for them, and now they're in the Super Bowl. Um could it work for us? Sure, it could, but the chances of us, like the realistic expectation is not, hey, let's make sure that we do everything we can to go to the Super Bowl in 2023 or 2024. Right. You're, I mean, that, you're, you're playing. Let's, let's, let's get to, yeah, let's yeah. get to winning record. Let's get to potentially winning the division. Let's worry about that first. Let's win the division because right. you win the division. You're in the, the, you're in the playoffs. Once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. Yep. Exactly, a hundred percent. And I I hear what you're saying. Not rebuilding, they're reloading. They took some major swings. Philly took uh, major swings, trading away assets. Uh, you know, uh, going with a second round QB. It's like they they took some major like risks, and it's working out for them. And I hey, awesome. You know, yeah. good to see. And hopefully, our swings will start working out for us. There's a million different ways to build a team. You yep. can look at uh, L.A. with Stafford and all them. They won their Super Bowl, but the following year, everything fell apart. Now, can I mean, they can they re-pick up the pieces? Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, there's there's a lot of, you know, a lot of, of risk involved. Bug puts it very it, good here. She says, big risk equals big rewards. Yeah. Absolutely. So. But I mean, if you go back two years, uh, they drafted Jalen Hurts. Uh, a couple years ago, or was it, it may have been longer, but a couple of years ago is when he got his first action. Yeah. Last, it was not, not it, this it was year, last, the year before. Right. Yeah. It was the last, it was the last four games. Yep. Last four games. Didn't look all that great. Had, had but people he, wondered, were they going to draft a QB, you know, going yep. into the off season? All then they come out next so. last year. Yeah. Then they come out last year and like, they looked okay. They didn't look Super Bowl. They didn't look like they were anywhere close to being Super Bowl bound. And then, like you said, they took some chances. Uh, Hassan Reddick, like that guy, had played for four years in Arizona. Nobody expected what Hassan Reddick is doing now to be what he is. Right. You know, they saw something. They they took a shot at putting him as a as an edge rusher. Uh, yeah, and he's it's a, worked out handsomely. For right. Them. He's a tiny edge rusher, so that's an yeah. interesting thing. Dre Murphy has some people just don't have the patience. Rome wasn't built overnight. It's going to take some time to get things right and uh, together to get a Super Bowl. Uh, first, we got to make it to the playoffs. Yep. I look like I hear exactly what you're saying, Dre Murphy, but I also I can truly feel like what Jarvis is saying. Like yep. we've had what four or five losing seasons in a row now. Yeah, like people are just tired of seeing us lose. And I get yep. it. Absolutely. 100% get it. So I get the frustration. I get, can we quit talking rebuild? Can we start talking Super Bowl? But unfortunately right now, we just ain't there yet. Like realistically, every move they that this regime has made so far is made with 2023 being hitting the ground running kind of thing. Yep. Like, but that and, doesn't and, and, mean... Super Bowl 2023. That means yeah, okay, we're finally starting to 
you know, climb up out of the freaking <laughs> pit, you know, climb up like, out of the hole. Like there, there are so, there have been so many times where a lot of, uh, I see a lot of fans, both Atlanta Falcons fans and other teams fans that are like, we really need to like hit the reset button. That's what we did. Like this was a true reset. Like, oh yeah, let's let's get out from the contract, the big time contracts that we got. That's going to take the the two years to get us out from under that. Yep. Um, do the best we can with what we can in the time that you know during that time frame. And if we are competitive and we're we're you know maybe win a division or at least you know scrape in by the skin of our teeth as a wild card into the playoffs, who knows? But the goal was. These first two years have been about getting us out of the financial hole that we were in. Yep. Uh, and I've, and Terry Fontenot has already talked about this. Uh, he's already said like, look, yeah, we have, we have money now. Yep. Millie. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, you know, we have the money now. Right. But that doesn't mean we're going to go crazy with it. They still want to be disciplined with the yep. money that they have. They're not, not trying just to be Jacksonville or the Browns. Right. Well, they're also not trying to be the the Falcons of the past that you know gave out ridiculous con- like overpaid contracts for Dante guys. Robinson. Uh, yes. Uh, Edwards. What was it? Ray oh my Edwards. God, Edwards. Oh my God. <laughs> Woo! Bringing me back, man. Uh, uh, but yeah, there's been some. There's been like that's the biggest problem that we've had is we have overpaid guys. Uh, and then we've put that and that ends up putting us behind the eight ball. Yeah. You could, you know, everybody talks about, uh, you know, the, the, the cap doesn't mean anything. There's all kinds of tricks and you know, it's, it's all a myth. Like, look at the end of the day, can, you know, can you do some things with that? Yeah, you can, but you know, you can't do the major overhaul that we're trying to do without lots of cash up front. Uh, which is what we're going to have this off season. And we want to try to maintain that so that we're not, not expecting to have anywhere 50 to $80 million every single off season. Right. But you know, you want to have enough that you can go out and make, you'll know, get everything settled. And then it's like, okay, we're, we just need this or we need that. Yep. And we can have enough money that we can go get the best talent we can possibly get without overpaying. Um, you know, and and that's the way we want to be going forward. Right. So, no, he says with the division wide open and Brady gone, I think it would be the perfect time to trade for an elite QB. I mean, I understand, I get it, I really do. I, I mean, yeah, like, I absolutely. But I would tell you, man, elite QB is like you want to be one and done in the playoffs. Like right now, with the way the roster that we have, just take Kansas City right now, okay. They don't have a great offensive weapon. So you could say, oh, well, JR, like the elite QB just took them to the Super Bowl. Yes, but also look at what they have on the defensive side. They have Chris Jones. They have George Karloftis. They have, you know, uh, really good defensive players that have been able to balance that out. They also have Travis Kelsey. So I like. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. If somehow they they decide that Lamar Jackson is, because he's the only one I'm entertaining right now, as right. as an option, you know. Well, but but, only, but also, is. yeah. But also, it's like you know, w- this is the time. You know, and I'm not trying. Like, look, I get the the sentiment here. You know, you're the the question is, 
you know, or the, or the statement is it's time to trade for an elite QB. Okay. Who are right now? Who are the elite QBs? You got some people will, will, will still say uh, Rogers. Who knows if he's washed or not? We don't know for sure. Uh, Brady, sure same thing. Today. Huh? Or this, this year. So he sure did look washed this year at times. Yeah. So, so, but Brady is another one, but you know, uh, who knows what he, you know, that, I mean, I'm not saying you don't bring in Brady. First of all, Brady's not coming here. No, he's not coming he to this team. No period. Okay. So then after, once you're past those two, those are the only real, and then Lamar Jackson, but the amount of stuff you got to give up to get to him uh, is going to be purposefully outrageous. Oh yeah. It's, like, it's literally, it's literally going to be the, um, Herschel Walker or uh, or uh, uh, Williams, uh, the St. Louis uh, Ricky Williams. Yeah. It's going to be those things where, like, you literally give up your entire draft for a guy, uh, and you end up making the Cowboys of the early, uh, you know, the early to mid '90s. That's so dominant because they just took all these picks and built a an awesome team with all these picks, and you were left with Herschel Walker, who was a good back, but he wasn't anything super duper, you know, crazy special in the pros. Right, right. I know. I, like, okay, so like Robert Hutchins says, Lamar feels uh, made for us. I'm just saying, stylistically, I agree. Like, yeah. I, like I said, to me, Jackson's the only one because you got like uh, Jarvis is over here. He's saying, still David, young enough. Yeah, David Carr. I think you mean Derek Carr, but you hit the nail right on the head, John Boy. You hit the nail on the head. The only one, the only one, I'm giving up picks for is Lamar Jackson because he's he's still in his 20s. I'm not giving I'm not bringing Rodgers in. I'm not bringing Brady in. I'm not bringing Tannehill in. I'm not bringing Derek Carr in. All these guys are right dead in the either well past their prime or dead in the middle of it. If I'm giving up assets that are going to hamstring my team going forward for the next 10 years or whatever, I want a guy who's going to be here and be productive for those 10 years. The, the now, only other, the only other guy that I would trade this off season would be if some of the, the, the newest talk that we've heard you know, uh, about this would be like a Trey Lance for like, right. yep. Third. I was going to bring Dre Murphy's comments says no to car, no to Jackson, no to Tannehill, no to Rogers and no to Lance. Lance is the only other one I would entertain. And that's if the rumors are true that you could trade a third round pick for. Yeah. If it's just a third, I'll take I that. will gladly pull put Trey Lance in the room to compete with Desmond Ritter and yep. whatever other like uh off the street veteran uh to uh say, you know, to to complete that room. But yeah, I would do that. Yeah. But I I would I like a good QB room. If 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 this were to happen, and if we were to be able to get that, would be Ritter as the presumed starter. Like in my mind, he's the, he is QB one until otherwise, right? right. Uh, so you got Ritter, you trade for you, you give a third for Lance, and then you bring in Jacoby Brissett. You bring, right. That, yeah. And if you have that QB room with your veteran guy who can win games, who who has played, who knows how to win in the, the league, uh, and then you got Trey Lance, who's got all the potential in the world. Right. Just he hasn't quite put it together in a Shanahan system. Maybe it's easier for him in Arthur Smith's system. Uh, and then you've got Ritter, who, as we saw when we when he finally did get in there, uh, you know, 
every single week he, he tended better. to look he looked better every single yep. week. And so you can now give him a full offseason. You give Trey Lance an offseason of studying with the Falcons. And we don't even know like if he's gonna be fully healthy or whatever right. at that time. Yep. But but either way, like though I that would be like the perfect combo if we're that, talking about yep. any kind of moves QB wise this this offseason. Joseph says I'm good with Ritter for now, and I tend to agree. Fred Buzz yep. thinks he's a future superstar. That still like, remains to be seen. Me and Fred, me and right, Fred, right? No, no, he remain that remains to be seen, in my opinion. But somebody put up a comment earlier. I think it was Chris. I'm uh, scrolling up a little bit. Okay, here it is. Here it is. He says, "Ride with Ritter, and if he's not the guy, the QBs in 24, 24 are a step above." I don't know if I step above, but there's there's the concept, and I joke about this all the time. I even made the joke today. I was told, and under no certain terms, that if we didn't get Justin Fields when the year we drafted Kyle Pitts, that there were no more quarterbacks coming out. None. Yeah, none. Like none. No more. But here we are talking about C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young and Will Levis. And next year we're talking about Caleb Williams and we're talking about uh, the May kid, uh, Cade May, I think is his name, out of UNC. So, oh, Drake May. Drake May, that's it. So so miss me with the whole, you got to get a quarterback right now. Yeah, no. Like, straight up and down, like, I think, like, King's on it here. He says, I think Lamar isn't going anywhere. Ravens would have nothing for their fans to come see. Uh, he is Baltimore, and I think he gets what he wants unless Baltimore gets crazy uh, deal. But I agree. I don't think he's going anywhere. But my deal was like this. Every year, there are quarterbacks that come out every year. And every year, we have to convince ourselves, or we convince ourselves this quarterback's worth it or not. You can laugh all you want to, but Kenny Pickett was taken in the first round, and there was like major rumors that Malik Willis would have been taken in the first round. You had Arizona a few years back take Josh Rosen and then turn around and draft Kyler Murray. Like, you take a swing at your quarterback until you find it. And right now, I don't think the swing has, I don't think they have fully swung on Ritter yet. Yeah, they haven't gotten through their backswing yet. Right. You know, like, like they're, they're, they haven't even really made contact with the ball yet. It's, they're, they're on the downswing, you know, and, and you gotta give Ritter, you know, I'm not saying hand him the job, bring in a vet, bring in Lance, whatever, bring in some kind of competition and say, hey, you know, you can tell Ritter, like, hey, you know, you're the starter right now, but we'll see how things go. If you want to keep your job, this is what you, this is the competition you've got. And if he wins it outright, Hey, great. Right. Uh, I, I, I want that. Whether that's Ritter, <clears throat> Lance, what, you know, I would prefer if we had those two guys there and say a percent, I would prefer it to be Ritter or Lance, one of the two, but either one, they win it. Great. And then you give them a, that way they have a full, you know, training camp. They have a full, like, you know, preseason, and then they have the, the entire year, barring injury, they have the entire year to take pra- you know practice reps with the ones. They get all of the, the things that a normal QB1 gets and just the repetition, getting doing it over and over and over and over and over and over again. And yep. you never know what you're going to have until you try to do that. People are just not – I agree with uh, – there was somebody said earlier that we showed it here. The – no – 
people are just not patient enough these days. Um, and you know, yeah. I want to be, I want to be the Pittsburgh Steelers, not necessarily like I want the steel curtain defense. I want whatever. I want the Pittsburgh Steelers because they don't, they allow their coaches time yep. to, to really settle in because they've had like three coaches over the last 40 years. Yeah. I absolutely love the way Pittsburgh is ran. Like the Rooney's are amazing at how they run uh, Pittsburgh and what they do and how they stand by their coaches and everything else. Cause like, I think even like as much as we give crap to Quinn or whatever, who I, I don't think Quinn's call was uh, to dirt cutter. If I'm just being honest, but I think like if you'd let Quinn work through his mistakes a little bit more, yep. you know, maybe you could have turned out differently. Same thing with Mike Smith when he hit his rough patch. Like if you'd let him work through that rough patch a little bit, you know, that's, that's, it would be just be interesting to see how it worked out, but that's not the NFL, right? That's not the vast majority of the NFL. The vast majority of the NFL is I'm going to fire you in a year. You know, if you don't produce now, you're gone. So, but yeah, I, I think that uh, this off season is going to be fun. The, somebody asked the question, like, what are uh, what are significant free agents uh, Atlanta can land with cap, cap space they got that will get them to stop finishing with mediocre records? There is a lot out there. First, we're going to have to see who's available. Right off the rip, you could get uh, Jesse Bates or Vaughn Bell uh, at the safety position. There's like the, the some of the Saints players we named. Uh, there's the wide receiver two market's not that great. You're probably going to have to draft one of those, but uh, you might have a good swing at a real center or a veteran center, which would help your rookie quarterback. Uh, so that would be a, a boon. And just yeah, I mean, like as far as far as like yeah, as far as the wide receivers go, uh, the only guys that I'd really be super interested in as a wide receiver to DJ Chark. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Maybe Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers. Out of uh, New New England. England. Yeah, so so those would be guys that I would maybe look at. Uh, You know, offensive line, I haven't looked at enough of those guys just yet to see who's exactly. I've I've glanced at them. Uh, But now on the defensive side, I mean, there's, you know, assuming Deron Payne, Right, yes, that was, the, that was the comment I just put up, like, King Sevens over talking about Deron Payne. I think if, like, if we can get our hands on Deron Payne, somebody put it like DeMonte Jones earlier. He's another guy who would be amazing yep. at defensive tackle. Ionitis. Um, yeah, Ionitis. Those are, there's some, like, guys that we could get our hands on that would be awesome and amazing uh, and that would really bolster this team. And I mean, I, I, think, th- I, th- I think we're going to see – Hopefully, in free agency, I think we're going to see probably the biggest splash is going to be defensive line. I think it's going to be a defensive tackle, whether that's right. Ioannidis, whether that's Deron Payne, whether that's uh, the, the other one you talked about. It, I, I've already, it's already gone from my head. Uh, no, Draymond. Uh, oh, uh, Draymond Jones or Draymond Jones, Dremont, I think. Yeah. Draymond Jones. Uh, Onyemata yeah. uh, is another guy. There, you know, there's it, some it's guys gonna, It's going to be. 
But I think I, you know, I think you're gonna get like one or two of those guys, um, and then I could see us going and getting some uh, at least one linebacker, one or two, you know, one, you know, one linebacker and probably draft another one or so. Right. Uh, and then I do, but I do think we're looking to. I think we want to bring Richie Grant as more of a probably strong safety, uh, and try and try to get somebody who's got that middle, you know, that that center field got that uh, stuff, but. But but Grant can do both if necessary. Yeah. Uh, but so I do think Bates is probably assuming he becomes a free agent, which they're not ex- like right now. Well, their number looks good for Cincinnati, but they're going to have to pay Burrow. Not just uh, that. Last year they drafted Dax Hill, and I think they drafted Dax Hill with the thought process of letting Bates walk. Yep. So, um. I agree, you know, the pass rush has to be addressed. Well, we took the first step in addressing that with the D.C. that we hired. Yep. Uh, Patrick Peterson would be interesting. Uh, if you were to move yeah. off of Casey Hayward, uh, Patrick Peterson could be fun. It was uh, uh, B- uh, Byron. Oh, I forgot his Byron last Jones. name. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, or Byron Murphy. I, Byron Murphy yeah, is the Byron is Murphy. the name I've seen pop up uh, from Arizona. Right. Uh, I could see I, – I would like to see him. Patrick Peterson, I wouldn't be upset with. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, I wouldn't be upset with. Uh, I wouldn't – like, he's not want a lot of money, I think, Ramsey. Yeah, well, either one. Patrick Peterson probably is the same way. Uh, unless we can get him here on, like, a, a prove-it deal. I mean, right. what do you, why are you going to – why would Patrick Peterson take a prove-it deal? Yeah, but, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, but, yeah, like – Chris says Bates and Von Bell are both free agents, and Von Bell's got like ties to Nielsen from his days at Saints. So it'd yep. be interesting. But my guy, we have bumped up well over an hour. We've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes. And your yeah. boy ain't had dinner. Awesome. Yet. What's that? Neither have I. Come well, on, man. Look, we got the, I'm no, used I'm, to eat dinner I'm, at I'm, five I'm o'clock. I'm messing with you. It's, it's eight. Uh, <laughs> fat boys well, man it, yeah it's it, you know i i am so like i am so looking forward to like once all once we get all of our, the rest of our coaches in once yeah. we uh get past uh you know the the senior bowl once we get past the the super bowl and we can really start honing in on those free agents and like actually who's who we believe who's gonna is going to be, be available. available yeah, yeah that's gonna uh, be I want Deron Payne so bad. He literally, if he becomes available, he should, should be our number one goal to get. Um, because I don't, I don't necessarily think that uh, Chicago is going to uh, look at him. Uh, I think that if they're going to go with anything, they're either going to go with a quarterback at one or they're going to trade down to like two or three. Uh, I think somebody else trade a quarterback. I, I think them I'm, looking at a quarterback is is smoke. I think they're going to no, trade no. out of that pick. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I yeah. think especially if we're talking like they're only moving back a spot or two. Yeah, and they can look at whoever's coming up. Number one is going for Stroud or whoever, right? right. And then likely number two. Who's number two? Right now uh, it's the Texans. Texans. They're going to want a quarterback. They got a new yep. coach. They're yep. going to want a quarterback. They're going to want their guy because uh, their defense, while not uh, not super great or anything like that. Their defense is okay. Uh, the, I don't think they need to do quite as much work there. Their offense is where they need to do the work. Uh, and so I think they're going to go court. So I think you're going to see quarterback one and two, 
if they move, if Chicago moves back to three, they're going to take Jalen Carter. Probably. Yeah. I uh, think your, your chances of getting Carter are, are slim. Very, very, very slim. Very. So, yeah, somebody like a Deron Payne or Draymond Jones or whoever, like a DT is, is essential. So, yeah, I, yep. I'm, I'm definitely down with that. Um, maybe we can but, get but he, but he, but he, Yeah, yeah. But now it, I, I'm hoping because I, I really want – I've I've kind of come around, and I think for the for our for the current DC, I think this is the guy. If we're going to go edge, I'm coming around on Lucas Van Ness. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, Lucas Van Ness. At, at somebody eight. brought him up earlier. Uh, he's he's a guy who I could easily see them going with that. Um, so yeah, yep. Uh, but yeah, it's like get somebody like him. And then maybe this your uh, a, a, a side guy is yeah, this, yeah. the second maybe that would be nice somebody like that uh, Keon Benton you know what have you but make sure if you're on Twitter to follow us on Twitter I'm at Grim eleven twenty eight Jonathan Jonathan M Holder and uh like I'll be posting like stuff like updates from senior bowl practices stuff like that and then uh like I said keep your eye on the channel. I'll have a video out, like kind of wrapping up my senior bowl yep. trip. Yeah, be uh, on the lookout. Be on the lookout for, uh, like I said, like uh, last week we uh, or, or yesterday we put out a, a tweet, like asking for like questions for the right. Q and A yep. segment. If you want to make sure, like you, that your question does get asked, uh, we will do our best to to go over everything that yep. happens and everything that comes to us through Twitter. Um, how has Toby been? Uh, yeah, I say Jarvis is asking how Toby's been. Toby's been doing really good. Uh, I talked to him the other day. Uh, I actually got his opinion on the Nielsen hire. He liked it. Uh, but yeah, he's he's doing really good, and uh, like he's enjoying being able to just like focus on his family, uh, which is what he was wanting to do. So, and I'm uh, being told to go eat. <laughs> I'm so just gonna say, I, huh? I'm I'm gonna say. Oh, I would be down with that, Vanessa. I'd be like, like he's he's been rumored to be he's not a free agent, but he's been rumored to be a cap casualty, and I wouldn't mind having Epinesa uh, myself. Yep. All right, I'm leaving. Right. I'm hanging up. Go, I'm going go get away. you some food, sir. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us, and uh, we love you guys. And uh, we will see you again next Tuesday, same time, same channel. Same bat, yep, same uh, bat time, same bat channel. Absolutely, pound for pound. You know, we're here for you all every single week. So. It is. As always, Falcons fans, rise up. Rise up.